Welcome to Trip Talk. I'm Jennifer Napier Pierce with the Salt Lake Tribune. With few smokers and a physically active population, Utah ranks among the healthiest states in the nation, but not when it comes to mental health. In fact, Utah has the highest rate of mental illness in the nation, and some researchers think it may have something to do with altitude. And today on Trip Talk, we're talking about mental health issues here in the state and new research into why that may be. Joining me on the Google Hangout today is Dr. Douglas Kondo. He's a child psychiatrist. He's also a suicide researcher at the VA hospital and a researcher at the Brain Institute at the University of Utah. And uh, Dr. Kondo, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Also with us, Rebecca Glather. She is executive director of NAMI Utah, which uh, advocates for mental health awareness here in the state. Rebecca, great to have you as well. Thank you for inviting me. And you can join us. Why do you think Utah has such a high rate of mental illness? What more do you think can be done to prevent and promote me promote mental health? And uh, you're, feel free to join us with your questions and comments. You can send them to the hashtag TribTalk on Twitter and Google+. You can put them in our comment section at sltrib.com. You can also text us and the number 801-609-8059. Um, as I mentioned, Utah has the highest percentage of mental illness in uh, the nation. Slightly more than 22% of our population has dealt with a mental illness episode in the last year, according to the Substance Abuse and Mental Health uh, Services Administration. Uh, the national average is about 18%. Uh, Rebecca, when we say mental illness, what are we talking about specifically? So mental illness covers a range of disorders, including um, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, major depression, anxiety disorders, eating disorders, mood disorders, all of those fit under the heading of mental illness. And um, this is a question at sltrib.com, TCK62 says, I'm curious how the 23% figure was determined. Any, any insight into that, Rebecca? I mean, I, I've read the report, but... Um, maybe you can shed some light. So uh, the, sur the research came from a survey. Individuals were studied from throughout the country and then a small subset of those individuals received a phone call from a therapist that went through some additional questions. I, I think the, the, the report states um, the presence of any mental behavioral or emotional disorder in the past year that meets the DSM-4 criteria and that's for adults 18 and, and older. So I assume this is talking about anything from uh, the mildest case of depression to severe schizophrenia, anything in that very large range, right? That's correct. So there would be the any mental illness category, which would be the AMI, and then the serious mental illness, which would be the SMI number, and both of those were listed. Okay. Uh, even taking that into the count, I mean, Utah has the highest rate when it comes to mental illness, um, and the trend line has been there for a while. The state has had one of these top spots when it comes to mental illness for a number of years. Um, Dr. Kondo, what's going on? Well, I think one of the things uh, that may be relevant uh, to these rankings is that in this report uh, from SAMHSA, uh, the National Survey on Drug Abuse and Health, 
specifically, they excluded individuals who have a comorbid substance abuse or addiction problem, as well as uh, developmental disabilities such as autism or intellectual disability. And so, if it's true, and I'm not an expert uh, in this area, that Utah has a lower rate of um, dependence on alcohol, cocaine, heroin, illicit drugs and things, any of those uh, individuals in other states would have been excluded from this aggregate uh, number of mental illness, despite the fact that those conditions are in the dsm 4 and are treated by psychiatrists and psychologists. Hmm. Maybe you can explain, Dr. Kondo, what's going on in our brains? Uh, in the brains of those with mental illness? Is there uh, a chemical deficit or producing too much chemicals? Physiologically, can you explain that to us? Well, um, that's a very complicated question, as you might imagine. A lot of our research focuses on the idea trying to study both on a population level and then down to the level of the individual patient in an MRI scanner, uh, the neurochemical processes that are involved in energy metabolism. So if there was uh, an umbrella under which you were going to put the Brain Institute research, it would be studying brain energy metabolism and how that may be affected or how that may contribute to illnesses, specifically mood disorders such as bipolar disorder and major depressive disorder. Um, one of the theories that we are currently exploring, and it's far from proven, is that at altitude um, there is a phenomenon called hypobaric hypoxia. In other words, with each breath that you take as you increase the altitude at which you're living, uh, there's less available oxygen in the air as much compared, let's say, if you're comparing Denver or Salt Lake City to the, if you were on the beach in Florida or California, it's about 14 or 15 percent less oxygen available that enters your bloodstream with each breath that you take. And we think particularly for people who are vulnerable um, to Ill mood disorders which may have a bioenergetic or brain energy metabolism component. That could worsen the severity and course of the illness and we see that reflected in the fact that there have been several studies recently showing that altitude is um, associated with completed suicide. Now in this uh, recently released study there the investigators conclude that there's no geographic pattern uh, to the rates of mental illness around the nation and they conclude that further study is needed. Our research largely focuses on uh, suicide. Mm -hmm. Speaking with a child psychiatrist, a suicide researcher at the VA and uh, a researcher at the Brain Institute at the University of Utah, Dr. Douglas Kondo. Also with us, Rebecca Glather. She is with NAMI Utah. We're talking about mental health issues here in the state and why, why, the reasons why Utah has such a high rate of mental illness and we invite you to join us as well. You can send your thoughts to the hashtag TribTalk on Twitter and Google+. You can put them in our comment section at sltrib.com or you can text us and that number again 801-609-8059. Um, so uh, Dr. Kondo, when you say that you're looking at oxygen levels and how that affects brain chemistry, how do you conduct that research. Maybe you can explain a little bit um, uh, what's being tested out there, the theories. Well, we 
have a two-pronged approach, actually a three-pronged approach now that we've added uh, animal studies in the laboratory. Taking many of these same data from the CDC, uh, in addition to the National Survey of Drug Abuse and Health, we've used something, a big data set at the CDC called the WONDER database, um, and one other called the National Violent Death Reporting uh, System, to look at uh, suicides which are reportable all around the country in every state and every county, and then combining that with a NASA database in which they use the space shuttle to basically map the topography of the continental United States. So we have local altitude uh, down to about uh, half a kilometer. And so we can look at where individuals tragically commit suicide, where they were residing, and see if there's an association there between altitude of residence and uh, the rate of completed suicide. And in fact, in a number of data sets, uh, that relationship seems to be there, even once you account for things like gun ownership, lack of available health care locally and mental health care locally and things like that that have been proven over the decades to be predictive of the uh, rate of local suicide um, completion. Hmm. When it comes to suicide, can you tell us how it breaks down demographically? You're looking at, at locations, but Rebecca, is there um, certain age ranges where you see a lot of uh, suicide attempts or completions here in Utah? Yes, so there are more attempts by uh, women than by men, and there are more completions by men than by women. Our highest risk rate are older men, and that's something that's not talked about a lot. We focus a lot on youth suicide, and we want to make sure that we're um, improving the education there, letting youth know that there are other options. But we do need to also get the message out there that our adult male population is, is the one that we need to be paying attention to and getting resources and help and support to. And when we're talking about suicide, I'm assuming that that is the result of a wide range of mental illnesses, the mood disorders that you talked about, schizophrenia and uh, major depression. So it, 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 it's sort of that maybe the culmination of uh, severe mental illness. Is that right, Dr. Kondo? Right. Of course, it's the most serious and the worst possible outcome. And... Uh, back to the question you asked me before, in addition to those sort of population level statistics that we're looking at, we try to study, uh, well we do study, uh, the brain chemical process of individual patients using the MRI at University Neuropsychiatric Institute. And we believe that it, the hypothesis is that bipolar disorder is the most um, of what people call uh, the illness, mental illnesses that uh, are affected by mitochondrial dysfunction, in other words, brain energy metabolism. And so recent, uh, the most recent uh, paper that we published um, suggests that indeed individuals with bipolar disorder who die by suicide uh, do so at the highest average altitude in the United States. In other words, either their illness is more severe at altitude or the medications work less well or perhaps a combination of both. So we are about to embark on a study at the VA hospital um, of examining uh, individuals with bipolar disorder, their brain chemistry, how it functions here at altitude versus how it functions uh, much nearer to sea level at Harvard Medical School and McLean Hospital. And we hope to make some comparisons on the individual level 
Um, and then the third way in which we're studying this is um, uh, using animal studies because it was animal work and people who were studying mountain climbing who first noticed that when uh, the animals in the lab were exposed to simulated altitude, the serotonin levels in their brain went down and the dopamine levels in their brain went up. And as you can imagine, since the most uh, commonly prescribed antidepressants or serotonin reuptake inhibitors, we thought that might have a bearing on treatment-resistant depression at altitude um, and also rates of substance abuse and things that we may not have time to go into here. So we're trying to use animal work, individual patients uh, in the scanner, and then use this really informative CDC data to try to understand these phenomena. It's interesting because Utah, of course, it has uh, a high rate of suicide, but it's not alone. And uh, the the it does seem like, oh, aha, we should be looking at these other states, Idaho, Montana, um, Alaska, which also have very high rates of suicide and are at elevation. But if it is elevation, um, we can't all just move away, <laughs> and uh, clearly it's not the entire population that is at risk. What are the risk factors for uh, suicide, and um, how can we sort of keep our mental health in, in check? Um, Rebecca? So I think one of the first things that we need to do is understand. Um, education is one of the things that we're constantly working on, and we appreciate the opportunity to be on the program because we know that less less important of the exact numbers of how many people are living with mental illness and more important are individuals with mental illness getting the support, the treatment, the help that they need? Do they know that they have an illness? Do they know where to go to get help and support? So really the education of getting the word out there, of letting individuals know, here's where you can go to get help, here's where um, we can treat the mental illness, and that it doesn't need to be, uh, that there is hope out there, there is support, there is help, um, and it all starts with understanding that the illness is there and then where to go to um, deal with it. Mm. Um, here, here's a comment on our website from Willie Coyote. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's a pseudonym. Uh, I bet that the extreme pressure from the LDS Corporation or church, family members, employers, and neighbors, along with unrealistic expectations, has a lot to do with the mental illness figures for Utah. Um, obviously, the elevation, the altitude theory is not the only one out there. There's this perception that there's something about Utah culture and maybe the unique pressures that come from being Mormon uh, that put people in um, a heightened risk of mental illness. Do, does the research bear that out, Dr. Kondo? Well, what I would say about that is uh, that this study that we're talking about from the CDC and SAMHSA was not designed to address a question like that and so to interpret the results um, in, in a way in as perhaps giving an answer to a question that the study was not designed to address I think is dangerous. Um, I think that uh, spirituality and spiritual practice are thought to be protective at least in terms of uh, completed suicide. And the other thing I would say about that is we don't hear the results of this survey discussed uh, uh, in either positive or negative terms in terms of other religions such as Judaism or Islam. Um, and I don't know why uh, people would want to 
just talk about one of the 50 states and one religion out of all those that are practiced in the United States um, when this study was not designed to address that. And I would say one last thing, which is if we're going to take that kind of a perspective on the data, okay, so Utah has the highest rate of any mental illness at 22.4%, but severe mental illness, those folks who are defined as being functionally disabled by their illness, we are not number one. So if you're going to ask the former question, you also need to ask the follow-up question is, what is it about the LDS Church that enables people who have a mental illness not to become disabled by it? In other words, what support and um, help is available that results in, in Utah not having or not having the highest rate of severe mental illness? Hmm. Rebecca, anything to add? Um, I think Doug covered that really well. I think we know that religion can be a protective factor. Spiritualism is something that we talk about in our education classes as something that can be a really positive part of someone's recovery. And as with anything, it, it, it's a very, very personal, um, whether or not that's helpful or harmful. And to make any kind of supposition about that I think would be unfair. Mm. Uh, what about uh, the idea that Utah has a higher rate of people who go to the doctor? Fewer people self-medicate through alcohol abuse and substance abuse when something's wrong, um, and so we have a higher reporting numbers than other states. So, I mean, do you think there's uh, that's a factor in why men mental illness rates are, are so high here, Dr. Kondo? Well, as I said earlier, I, I, I'm not I'm entirely familiar with those statistics. Uh, maybe Rebecca uh, could help us there. Um, but I, that is one thing that occurred to me when I looked at the report and saw that specifically subs, uh, individuals who had substance abuse, whether it was primary, whether it was comorbid, oftentimes substance abuse counselors will tell you people who end up in their 20s and 30s, 40s and 50s losing their life to addictions, often um, the roots of that are in childhood and adolescence with anxiety or tension deficit hyperactivity disorder and often uh, undiagnosed mood disorders. And so if we're going to remove everyone who has a substance abuse issue either as primary or comorbid from these studies as contributing to the state rate of uh, mental illness, that certainly I think could affect, uh, well it will be affected by the rates of substance abuse in any given uh, geographic area. I'm just not uh, familiar with those uh, statistics. Mm -hmm. uh, Rebecca, do you have a sense of, do we go to the doctor more for when we see a symptom crop up instead of trying to, to self-medicate? I don't have statistics on that so I can't speak to it from um, the perspective of any kind of study that I've seen. What we do know is with regard to a mental illness that we need to be addressing that more. Um, so individuals, for example, who um, a high percentage of individuals who have died by suicide have within the last month been to visit their primary care physician. Um, individuals who are living with a serious mental illness often don't get in to see their health care provider and the studies show that they die typically 25 years earlier than um, the average American. So these are some of the um, 
contrast that we have between this notion of a very healthy lifestyle and this very small subset of individuals that live in our state who are not benefiting from all of the, the healthy opportunities that our state provides. And I, I seem to recall that mental health advocates went to the Capitol. About a thousand people rallied at the Capitol during this past session to, to say we need access to health care. That's a problem in this state. It's a huge concern. There are, first of all, individuals have a difficult time accessing providers. There's a shortage of providers in the state of Utah, especially in rural areas. Um, typically, wait times can be two, three, four months to see some providers, um, depending on your insurance and the network that you're in, um, as well as um, challenges to being able to afford the visits that, that you're trying to make. Um, parity just came out, the final regulations, and we're hoping that as more and more insurance companies adapt to the policies required by the federal parity laws that we'll see an increased ability to get into access services. Um, but yes, we do have this portion of the population, the estimates say about 61,000 individuals in the state of Utah who do not have um, insurance and the numbers are around 30 to 40 percent um, expected of that 61,000 to have a behavioral health need that's being unmet currently. Hmm. Dr. Kondo, when it comes to the altitude studies, when do you expect to see some results and um, some more defined conclusions on, on, on the statistics that you're looking at? Well, we will continue our... Uh, with each new data set that comes out from the CDC, I mean, to interview 90,000 people like they did for this study is just something that is beyond most of us and so we conduct secondary analyses of the large CDC data sets. We'll probably uh, take a look at this data set once it becomes uh, available for public use and we it's an ongoing process where in what we call uh, translation, translational research we'll try to take anything that we can learn uh, by studying individuals in the MRI scanner and see if we can test hypotheses uh, both in the animal lab and using the CDC data and hopefully establish two-way relationships between all of those data sets um, and uh, methods of investigation. But uh, we will just continue to publish and to uh, publicize our results um, hmm. as they become available. Here, here's a, a question on our website from UTH. We lead the nation in Prozac per capita. I think our depression and related cases bump up the overall numbers of mental illness. Uh, Rebecca, is that true? I mean, does Utah lead the nation when it comes to Prozac and other um, depression medications? There was a study that came out recently that did list us as number one um, as using antidepressant. And again, as Dr. Kondo mentioned earlier, um, there is an indication that that might be because of the offset with low alcoholism and tobacco use. So there's uh, different underlying reasons why that might be the case as well. Hmm. With all of these studies, I think you have to really um, there's a lot of um, leeway to uh, make it say what you want it to say, and we want to be really careful about not making um, it say something that's not accurate. Mm.
So while the research proceeds, uh, what can be now to promote mental health in Utah? How can we um, strengthen our, our mental capacity and our, our mental health generally uh, to, to sort of stave off really down episodes? And Rebecca? So I think first of all, the fact that we're talking about it is so important. Um, so many individuals don't have um, a diagnosis. They don't know where to turn. If they have a mental illness, they're not sure who to talk to. There's a lot of stigma around mental illness. So the very first thing that we can do is to continue to have conversations about it, to build support systems around you that can help you in those times when you're feeling down, to um, ensure that we have access to the services that we need. Um, NAMI, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness, where I work, is an organization that is completely focused on providing support and education to individuals and their families living with mental illness because we know that when we provide individuals with education, with support, and with advocacy that they can live full and productive lives. And we want to get that message out there that there is hope, they're not alone, um, there are organizations out there that can provide help and support and treatment is available. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Kondo, what's your best advice to, uh, to promoting mental health? Well, I would say uh, take good care of yourself, eat right, try to be active, and as Rebecca was saying, build yourself a support system. I think loneliness, isolation, uh, feeling um, when you're going through a difficult time that you don't have support uh, is a really uh, big risk factor for the illness worsening and of course for the onset of suicidal thoughts and behaviors. We're going to leave it there. Dr. Kondo and Rebecca Gleither, uh, thank you both very much for your time today. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And lots more stories on health and science research at sltrib.com. I'm Jennifer Napier-Pierce with the Salt Lake Tribune. Thanks for tuning in to Trib Talk today. We'll see you next time.